Hey there, it's Ashley Lopez from the NPR Politics Podcast. You might have heard we're going back on the road, and Houston will be heading your way very soon. Join me, Suzanne Davis, Asma Hala, Tamara Keith, and Domenico Montanaro at Zilka Hall on Thursday, September 15th. You can find more information about tickets, including student ones, at nprpresents.org. Thanks to our partners at Houston Public Media. We hope to see you there. Hi, this is Jody And Ryan. From Portland, Oregon. And you might hear the end of our summer, a little bit of rain that's finally falling for the first time in months. This podcast was recorded at 2.08 p.m. on Monday, September 12th. Sounds like a tin roof. Things might have changed by the time you hear this. Enjoy the show. These end of summer timestamps make me kind of sad. Summer's my favorite season. I am sad, but also big big into fall. You're ready for the, the pumpkin Northwest. spice lattes? I love a good rain. Right. Yeah. Can't complain. <laughs> hey there. It's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Susan Davis. I cover politics. I'm Deepa Shivaram. I also cover politics. And I'm Mara Liason, national political correspondent. So who's going to be the independent person asked to review the materials seized by the government during the search of former President Donald Trump's Florida estate last month? As you might imagine, Trump and the Justice Department disagree on this matter. So, Deepa, let's start with this. Uh, Why did the judge overseeing the case ask for what we're calling a special master to be appointed here? Yeah, so the special master, if you recall, is the idea that the court would appoint a third party sort of independent person to look over materials that are considered privileged, right? So in this case, Trump has documents that he was holding at Mar-a-Lago that he considers to be his. This person, the special master, would come in, review that material um, and act as sort of a third party between the Department of Justice and Trump's lawyers. And so that's why Trump's team had wanted this special master to be called in in the first place. And part of the reason why Judge Eileen Cannon, who's the judge in this whole case here, said that she would approve the idea of a special master is because, you know, this is a really not normal situation, right? You have a lot of documents uh, that were being held in Trump's home. This is not just a regular person in this case. This is a former president. And so I think uh, what Judge Cannon was trying to do here, legal experts are saying, is trying to put some neutrality into this situation. Now, there is some disagreement over that. There are legal experts who say that it is a good idea. There are those who say, you know, she's not really making the best choice here in in assigning a special master, particularly because Trump's team has been so adamant about assigning one. And the DOJ, for their part, um, has really disagreed with that. They appealed the judge's decision um, just days ago and and say that there's no need for a special master in this case at all. We should note the judge here, Eileen Cannon, was appointed to her position by former President Trump. What else did they say in their filing, the Justice Department? So, yeah, the DOJ appealed that decision, and they also, um, per the judge, had to outline essentially who they would want to see as a special master, even though they disagree with that decision in the first place. So late Friday night, those court documents came in. The DOJ has made it, again, very clear that they don't want this to happen, but they did offer up two names, and they also offered up an idea of what they would want um, that role to look like, what they would want the special master to have access to, things about the timeline. Uh, So essentially, the DOJ has said that they have two people in mind. Lucky them. 
Lucky them. <laughs> so the Department of Justice has suggested two retired judges who they think could serve as special master. That was uh, their idea if the appeal fails. And those names are Barbara Jones, who served in the Southern District of New York and was appointed by Bill Clinton to the federal bench. And the other person is a, per- is a judge named Thomas Griffith. And he was a George W. Bush appointee who served on a federal circuit court in Washington, D.C. And I imagine Trump has very different ideas over who would be the best special master. What has his legal team said? Trump's legal team proposed retired federal judge Raymond Deary, who was appointed by Ronald Reagan to the Eastern District of New York and who also served on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. And their second candidate is Paul Huck Jr., a former partner at Jones Day and a contributor to the Federalist Society. And he served in the Florida state government under former Republican governors Charlie Crist, who is now a Democrat, and Rick Scott. Deepa, did these filings cast any light on how we're going to resolve the argument over whether or not Trump owns these documents, whether they're classified or not? There's not a single legal expert that says that he does, but the Trump team has gone from calling this a dispute-like argument over an overdue library book to saying now that this is a document storage dispute that spiraled out of control. Um, Is this special master going to resolve the question of whether uh, Trump owns these documents or not, or had any right to have them. So that's a little unclear at this point. I will say two things. One, the DOJ appealed that call for a special master like we talked about. And then today, Trump's lawyers uh, responded to that appeal. And they leaned into what they've been saying this whole time, exactly what you were talking about, that you know Trump had the right to have these documents, that any kind of investigation into this would cause irreparable harm to his reputation and to the public. And uh, they went on. Nothing new there from what we've already heard. Um, but they do have the DOJ and Trump have a pretty large disagreement about what the special master would even have access to if the special master goes forward and, and is a part of this investigation. So Trump's lawyers have been really adamant that the special master, whoever it may be, if they do come up in this investigation, should have access to all of these documents. Uh, they want even classified documents. The special master should be able to go through everything. And the DOJ, for their part, has been really adamant that there should be some documents that are really classified that the special master shouldn't have access to. So at this point, the question is that we don't don't really know. We don't really know um, how that will end up um, and whether the special master will even have access to all those documents uh, to kind of go through that question in the first place. All right, we need to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. And we're back. And Mara, I mean, it's been stated, but we should restate it. This is an extraordinary fight that we are following right now. I mean, this isn't just a a citizen and classified documents. This is the former president of the United States holding what we believe to be very sensitive and classified documents at his personal home in unsecured, certainly outside the, the parameters of secure information to the United States government. And he's in an all out fight against the U.S. Justice Department right now. Yep, he really is. And uh, don't forget, this has been going on for a long time. He kept a lot of this information after the government asked for it back. It's really clear that most of this information does not belong to him. The Department of Justice in their filing has said, okay, maybe it was mixed in with some of Trump's personal effects, passports and other things. The special master can weed those out. But this really is an argument about whether the former president has some kind of special privilege if he's above the law on this. And what makes it incredibly ironic is if you remember 
remember back in 2016, lock her up, mm -hmm. the Trump rally chant about Hillary Clinton. She should be locked up because she mishandled classified documents, even though a government review showed that she hadn't. But we know that Donald Trump has a history of being very loose with classified information when he was the president. He actually shared some information with Russian diplomats in the Oval Office that caused an Israeli program to be shut down. So we really don't know what he was planning to do with these documents. Were they just souvenirs? Uh, why did he want to keep them? And why did he resist handing them over? after months and months of the government asking for them back. And that's a key thing. And we should also note that beyond the, the Justice Department question, I mean, the national security infrastructure is also trying to do a risk assessment. I mean, of knowing what was there, who might have had access to it. It is known that, you know, people come and go out of Mar-a-Lago all day long. That's right. People who have had ties to other foreign governments. We don't know who's coming in and out of Mar-a-Lago. We don't know who had access to these documents. Yeah, I just think about it from Capitol Hill when they have like classified briefings, like the, the layers by which even members of Congress with security clearances have to go through to go see information and like so-called, you know, in the skiffs, they have to leave electronics outside. I mean, the way that the U.S. government approaches classified information is so prescriptive and so under secure uh, parameters that I think that the security infrastructure and certainly the picture of the classified information files on the ground at Mar-a-Lago cannot uh, do much for the national security worldview on this. Uh, Deepa, I have to imagine that this is not the the end of the road here. It sounds like there's probably a lot more to come on this. There is. There's a couple things that still need to be hashed out, like you can imagine. Um, one of them is just the basic timeline on this, right? So in that filing that came late Friday night, uh, both parties, the DOJ and Trump, can't even really come to the same page on how long this process would take if a special master were to get involved. Trump's team said that the special master should have 90 days to look through all the documents uh, that are provided. And the DOJ is saying, you know, we only want till October 12th. So there's that question still hanging. We need to hear from the judge on that. And then the other question um, is who's going to pay? You know, this mm. is another third party person coming into the investigation. It's not exactly like they're doing it for free. And Trump's team says, OK, well, the DOJ and our lawyers can split the cost. And the DOJ is saying, well, you're the one who wanted a special master in the first place, so you should pay for the cost. And those are all things that still need to be hammered out in order for this investigation to move forward. And like you guys were talking about just a second ago, the national security implications of this, uh, that investigation and, and that look into it has kind of paused um, while this criminal investigation has also been paused. So there is uh, a big standstill here overall. And in between all this, Mara, he might still run for president again in 2024. Yes. And not only that, he might announce that he'll run for president before the midterms. All right. Well, <laughs> let's leave it there for today. Uh, I'm Susan Davis. I cover politics. I'm Deepa Shivaram. I cover politics. And I'm Mara Lyason, national political correspondent. And thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. 